Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of News of the Nerd, a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books and anything else remotely nerdy. Today we will be talking about the latest release from Marvel Studios, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I am Jason and I'm here with my brother slash co-host Ben. Hello. So we went to see Black Panther last night, we're recording this first thing in the morning so it's still fresh in our minds. Yeah, you've woke me up early, bastard. <laughs> we agreed yesterday that we weren't going to talk about it until until we got on the pod, which killed me. Like, after the cinema, yeah. you always dissect. Yeah. and I would just say, like, oh, there's so much I want to say. Yeah. Um, but we'll start off spoiler-free. Uh, so if you've not seen the film yet, don't worry. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking spoiler-free at first, and then there will be a clear cut before we get into the spoilers. So... I'm eager to know, Ben, what what did you think? I really enjoyed it. I do have one gripe, and I don't know if it's the cinema's fault. Are you going to say it was dark? Yes. I found it dark as well. And again, I don't know. the first half of the film, because after that, it were all right. I don't know I've... if it was the screen we were in or what, but I, yeah, I found that I was straining to see what was happening some of the time. And it was just kind of the first part, because I feel like the first half of the film is meant to be quite dark and shadowy. But I think the cinema didn't turn off the lights completely, and I think the screen just wasn't bright enough. So I think that is the cinema's part. Maybe. Maybe. It'd be interesting to, to know if other people have found the same, or yeah. if it was just the screen that we were in. So for me, I think this is one of the best films of Phase 4, it's probably second to Spider-Man No Way Home or maybe equal. I, I, I don't know. Like, it's so fresh in my mind that I, I can't place it yet, but it's yeah. definitely up there. Yeah, definitely. It's a great film. I think it kind of went how you would expect for the most part. There were some surprises for me. Yeah, there were a few, but I think for the most part, it, it was kind of following what we'd... Maybe that's because we'd already analysed the trailer like that much, but we kind of had an idea in our heads. Yeah, so I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it is very much about grief. No, I'd, I'd agree. And and how different people deal with it in their own way. Um, and that is a running theme through the entire film. But I I would say it doesn't it doesn't get... It doesn't get too bogged down in the death of T'Challa. Yeah. Is it a spoiler to say that T'Challa's dead? No, it's not. You see the funeral in the trailer. <laughs> he's not just missing, yeah. I mean, Chad, uh, yeah, true, true, true. I'm going to say he's dead, so... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't feel like it bogs itself down in that too much. Um, you know, obviously it has to deal with that. Um, but through, through most of the film, it's more thematic than anything else. I think the other big takeaway I had from this film is that it is such a female-driven film. Yeah. Like, we kind of knew it would be, but I, I think to, not to the extent that it was, the, the performances, especially from Letitia Wright and, and Angela Bassett, yeah, definitely. I thought were extraordinary. Yeah, when they're doing all the press conferences and things like that, and they all kept saying, I just want to make my brother proud and things like that. And it was clear that this movie was a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. And I think it did it really well. 
without taking anything away from the film, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and I think it did it really, really well. Yeah. So I, I rewatched Black Panther for the first time in quite a while uh, the day before we saw yeah, Wakanda same. Forever. And I, I was just hit by how brilliant Chadwick Boseman was in that role. Like It's kind of easy to forget Perfect. how good he really was. He played the part perfectly of Black Panther um, and T'Challa. Like the, I can't take anything away from him. He kind of makes that move. Because I think I was saying to you that the, re-watching the first one, I've realised that it is pretty much a near-perfect film. And it's very hard to pick it apart. I'd say for, for a lot of it, it is. Um, Towards the end, start it does getting, get a bit standard Marvel. Once you start getting the big CGI punch up at the end uh, on the on the train tracks, that's where it falls apart for me. Um, and I know we talk, one, I know but... we just I know we're just talking about Wakanda Forever, but can we just talk about the first Black Panther and the snow? Yeah, I, I don't know if I <laughs> just didn't notice that at the time, or if like have has CGI really got that much improved since Black Panther came out that that now we're spotting these things. But, so, yeah, when they're bur- burying T'Challa in the snow in the first Black Panther, um, you know, they found him at the bottom of the mountain after Killmonger's thrown him over the edge, and they cover him in snow, and the snow is clearly CGI, and it looks really bad. It looks, like, really shiny, and, like, when they're pushing it, it's like they're not, pushing anything yeah yeah you can tell that they're just waving their hands over the top <laughs> of him that did surprise me because i i didn't remember the cgi being particularly ropey up until like i said the big cgi fight where it's just two cgi two cgi black panthers punching each other that's where the first one started to fall apart a bit for me but yeah story-wise that was great and story-wise i think the sequel to take it back to wakanda forever is also great um, and I think without getting into detail, I think it avoids a lot of the pitfalls of the typical Marvel film. And, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a bit, but yeah, I, like I said, I was, I was really blown away by, by how, uh, female empowered this film felt and how it didn't make a big deal about it. Like yeah, it was it, never, it, you know, it just we, was. I, I, as we we already know, uh, Queen Ramonda is is back in charge. We've seen that in the trailer. She's queen again, um, and it's never, it's never like questioned that there's a woman in charge. It's never an issue that there's a woman in charge, and all the big plays. But I guess it's you know that. I culture, mean, that's but, probably because it shouldn't be an issue that a woman's in charge. Well, uh, yeah, but so often it is. But I liked that these things were just never mentioned. And it I, th- I think it was only like three quarters of the way through the film. I was like, every main character in this is female. Like every single one. Apart from, there's two that I can think of, actually three, that I can think of um, who are men. But yeah, yeah it, is, it is such a, a woman-led film and a, a women of colour-led film, as you would expect. I'm sure there's certain people that are not going to be too happy about that, but I just thought it would done so well. Oh yeah, you know, there's uh, there's always, there's certain uh, corners of the internet, especially that that will take issue with it. But uh, 
yeah, I thought it it was great. It's currently standing at 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, which surprises me because personally, I think that's a bit low. Yeah. I mean, for Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes are always very harsh. Um, well, Rotten Tomatoes themselves don't no, no, come up with the score. The, it's the an score, aggregator. Yeah, the scores that are on Rotten Tomatoes are always seem very harsh. It does have a 95% audience score, though, which is really high. Yeah, that is really high. I think before we do move on to the spoiler side, I'd seen a lot of people not giving spoilers away, but giving their reactions. And I think I told you about this, but I'd seen a lot of videos of people like reenacting their reactions yeah, and how shocked and like emotional they were and i think i wasn't expecting but i genuinely cried and you'll know you know the part that i did yeah it was a very emotional film and yeah again we'll get into details a bit later on but there was there was a different part that choked me up to what i know choked you up and you know it's not it's not like that all the film it's not a a particularly depressing film through the most of it but every now and again it just gets really emotional I, th- I think the 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 reason it gets really emotional is because of how they're conveying it so well. Like, it's not depressing, it just hits you. Yeah. But you know as well, when they're talking about T'Challa, that's not just the characters talking about T'Challa, that's also the actors talking about Chadwick. Yeah, because like there was a, when the panel came out, I think it was the D23 panel, uh, when they were t- uh, talking about it, when they brought Letitia Wright on and... They were talking about the film and, like, obviously that she she's had so much fun doing it and she was excited to see it. And then you could see, like, the emotion in her. She was saying, and I just hope that we've done my brother proud. And it's like, you can tell. And I think that might be what's made it such a good movie because every single one of the actors and actresses that was in that film wanted to give that to Chadwick. Yeah, and the emotion is real. Yeah. Because by all accounts as well, he was a great guy. Oh, massively. So I think I think people had a lot of love for him. No one's ever said a bad word about him. Everyone's always been so positive about him. Um, and when they've had interviews expressed, like the connection that they make with him and that they've, in interviews, in films that he's been on, the connection that they've made with him so quickly and that bond. Yeah. One last thing before we move on, I think we should talk a little bit about Namor. Or Namor. Namor, as he says. Namor. Namor, Namor, as everyone else calls him. (laughs) That's not what he said his name was. It was Namor. (laughs) I thought he was a really, really cool villain. Like he almost had a, a bit of a Bond villain vibe about him. I don't know, because I feel like a lot of the time, Bond villains, you do really hate them. Like, you think, yeah, you're cool, but you're a, you're a dick. But yeah. I think it was really hard not to like him. Yeah, no, he's he's a great character and always has been a great character in, in the comic books as well. Um, I I think they've done really well to... Because, you know, the the, the one that everyone knows is Aquaman and everyone knows that Namor... The Submariner is Marvel's version of Aquaman, and I feel like this film has 
done a really good job at making making him stand apart and making him not just Marvel's version of Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is very much his own character in this. He didn't say booyah once. <laughs> which Aquaman says <laughs> in Justice League. I don't think that's Aquaman. I think that's just Jason Momoa being like, do you know what? <laughs> yeah. Is that a spoiler? That, that he doesn't say booyah? No, that Jason Momoa says booyah in Justice League all the time. Um, not for not for this film. It's not. <laughs> Sorry, we should have said up top spoilers for Justice League. There you go. I have one last thing to say before we move on, and that is that I I think this has been my favourite um, Martin Freeman's as Everett Ross appearance in the MCU so far. What if we add him in? So we've had him in the first Black Panther. He was originally in Civil War, and then he was in Black Panther. I don't think it was in Infinity War or Endgame off the top of my head. But yeah, he, he was in he was in Civil War and he was in Black Panther. I think it's nice to see him back. I mean, we knew we were getting him back from the trailer, but it's it's just nice to see him and it is his best version of him. Um but I just I like Martin Freeman as an actor. Um he's been in quite a lot of things and I I, I love him in them. He's great in Sherlock, he's great in The Hobbit. I yeah, think he's what, just a great actor. What's your favourite Martin Freeman role? Uh, is it Ali G in the house? It's not, no. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what else he's great in, and it's it's not the best version of this, but he, he does really well in the role of Arthur Dent in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, he does. He really does. Um I don't know what my favourite version of him would be because he's great in Sherlock and he is really good as John Watson and plays John Watson so well. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I could change, but in The Hobbit, like, I prefer The Hobbit films to The Lord of the Ring films. You're mental. No. You're an absolute ha- basket case. <laughs> no. <laughs> the acting's better in The Hobbit, for the most part. There's no massive giant plot hole there's no massive giant plot hole in lord of the rings yes if there you is. say the eagles then you have misunderstood that film entirely the eagles but on, only people who didn't pay any kind of attention would say the eagles <laughs> it's the eagles no I, I love the lord of the rings i do but i do prefer the hobbit and i just so i prefer the first film to the first so the first Hobbit film, I prefer that to the first Lord of the Rings film. After that, it probably switches around because I think after Death- I think the Battle of the Five Armies is a bit bit weak. Well, Fellowship of the Rings is my favourite of them all, personally. I think they're all great and they're all really close together and it's hard to make a decision, but I do tend to watching The Hobbit. But yeah. that might just be because it's not going to take 12 hours of my life to watch all three films. Yeah, um, we are meant to be talking about Black Panther. Um, spoilers for Lord of the Rings, I guess. <laughs> uh, so just just before we just before we go to spoilers, Ben, um, what out of out of five heart shaped herbs, what would you give this film? I, I give I'll it a good four and a quarter, four and a half. It's somewhere in that for me. Four how, many, a, how many heart shaped herbs would you give it? I give it a four and a half heart shaped herbs. It's difficult because of the uh, like the darkness at the start. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously, I don't know if that was just the cinema. So I'm going to say four. 
um, just because at times that I'd, like I, I was struggling to know what was going on and like you couldn't see facial expressions because it was dark, but yeah. could have just been cinema. So we may revisit that when it comes to like Disney Plus. I might be go actually. Yeah, that's fair. We'll be back with our spoilerific thoughts on Black Panther: Wakanda Forever after this short break. After these short messages, <laughs> we have no messages. Okay, we are back now everyone that uh, wants to avoid spoilers and hasn't seen the film yet has gone. We can get into the we nitty hope. gritty. We hope. Well, tough titties if they have Tough titties. Tough titties. <laughs> Let's just be very clear from this moment on, there are spoilers. Yeah, and not just for Lord of the Rings uh, and Justice League. And not just for Cars. Fucking hell, there's a tumbleweed just gone past. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, that's a bit weird in Yorkshire, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so I want to start by saying that pretty much every prediction I made about this film was wrong. <laughs> so I said it would open on T'Challa's funeral. It didn't. It didn't. It opened before that. I said that by the end of the film, Wakanda and what did they call it? Tallow... Talokan. Talokan. Atlantis, isn't it? Wakanda and Talokan would have united against a common enemy. I was wrong. They didn't. I said there would be more than one Black Panther in the film. I was wrong. There wasn't. Uh, What else did I say? There was another one. There was definitely something else. Oh, Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom was not in the film. (laughs) So we don't open on on T'Challa's funeral. We instead open on Shuri frantically trying to to synthesize a cure to synthesize the heart-shaped herb which that was a bigger a bigger plot point of this film than i expected was the recreation of the heart-shaped herb um i kind of expected it it just get hand waved away like oh he missed one we you know we had some that he didn't that killmonger didn't know about i like that they didn't do that though oh yeah me too i like that there was an actual reason there wasn't a black panther again and the there was a reason why she managed to become yeah, the Black Panther. Um, I thought we're still on no spoilers for a minute there. I know we're like, fuck. Um, but no, it's fine. Yeah, sure um, he is the Black Panther. Yeah. And it's, and it's all good. And, and I'm happy it's her. And- she has a much better costume. Yeah. Her Black Panther uh, costume is so much better than T'Challa's. Like, but it looks so much cooler. I don't know if that's because the suit seems more fitted on her. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I feel like it, and it might be because, like, Chadwick Boseman was ripped when he did this film. I so mean, it, yeah, she, she has a different body shape anyway, so... Yeah, and I, but I think it just looks fitted on her, and, it like, it shows her body shape more whereas i feel like challers because he was because chadwick boseman was so muscly it does kind of block out his top half if you know what i mean yeah yeah you, you can see you can see his bomb like it, it, it is still fitted like you can see the shape of him but it's just you know it's a more boring shape i guess <laughs> yeah i guess so no but the, the 
the thing that I liked about her costume was all the gold accents and stuff. I, I thought looked really good. In the first Black Panther, Killmonger had the better suit. Yeah. Like, just the, the gold bits on it looked a lot better than what the purple did. So, do you know what I liked about this? And obviously, one of the major surprises in this film, and I think the thing that probably surprised me the most, but I should have expected it, is that obviously when Shuri took the heart-shaped herb and went to the ancestral plane, she saw Killmonger. She did. Before we go into that on detail, because we'll come back to it later and go in order, but I liked her suit. So in the first one, Killmonger's got, there were three suits, weren't there? There was the one with the silver chain, which uh, Chadwick Boseman yeah. took. There was the one that was gold with like teeth. like Yeah. Uh, and that's the one Killmonger took. And then there was a third gold one. But it was like just the simple gold, like it was right, like yeah. it was like Chadwick's necklace, but gold. And I liked that her costume was kind of a mix between the two. Yeah, it was it was the best of both worlds, and I think that's ultimately what Shuri's journey was about: is trying to get that balance between her brother and her cousin. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I really like that. Yeah, because we, you know, we we spend most of this film without a Black Panther. Yeah, and we knew that we knew that we were going to get a Black Panther from the trailer. We knew it was probably going to be Shuri. You know what? I think I would have preferred if they'd not shown that in the trailer. Yeah, because if if we if we didn't know, then you could have spent a lot of this film believing that actually there's not going to be a Black Panther in this film. I did think it was going to be Nakia for a minute. Yeah, yeah, because, so did I. To be fair, I love Nakia. I love the character. She's gorgeous, funny, scary as hell because, like, she's just this, like, in the film, she's just a high school teacher and then all of a sudden she's kicking ass. Yeah. Like, she's slightly terrifying. But I love the character and I did think a lot through this film, I was like, it's going to be Nakia. Yeah. I mean, I also thought it might be both of them. Because yeah. you know we 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 see Shuri drinks the 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 herb uh, tea. I don't know what is it. The, they crush it up. She drinks Potion. it. She drinks like half of it, and then Riri Williams is like, "Can I get some of that?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, there's loads left. Like, do it. Everyone can have some. <laughs> you can print it now. <laughs> Give it to the entire of Wakanda. Th- that's dangerous." <laughs> That is literally like just having a super soldier armor. But yeah, you're about to go to war. Well, yeah, with people who are like have natural super strength. And you could can you somehow can... come back from the dead. Still, yeah. don't understand that bit. I think it was just showing how resilient they were. Okay. But yeah, like your entire country is about to go to war. Give your army all the heart shaped herb. Just they're like, like you have a herb and you have a herb. Yeah. And you can always, you know, take it back off them at the end. They've got a, an anti-heart-shaped herb. So the question I want to ask, the very first scene, opening scene, Shuri's obviously, as we said, trying to frantically recreate the heart-shaped herb in T'Challa's last moments. Now, I loved the fact they did that. Rather yeah. than just going straight to the funeral scene and be like, he's dead, and maybe just slightly explaining why, but oh, yeah. I like I loved that they actually went 
he's dying from a from an unknown disease we need to fix it and they're doing that and then all of a sudden yeah so that's that's the one prediction we did get right by the way i can't remember if this was on mic i i forget sometimes what was said on mic and what was off mic but i have definitely predicted that they wouldn't say what he died of he he has just died of something and they're not going to get into details yeah um and yeah i think that was the best way to do it yeah me too it would have been wrong for it to have been like you know an off-screen supervillain fight it would have been weird to say that it was cancer the same as as how chadwick yeah. died i think just saying yeah he he got ill and he died was Leave, the, the best it way quite to go obscure was the the best yeah. way to do it and it could be that it could be that it was caused by caused by the herb and you have to have a top up every now and again or something I, like it's never it's never got into detail yeah uh but like i say you you don't you don't need to especially i i wasn't sat there going well what was it that killed? Yeah. do you know what i mean I, th- I think when they first mentioned it i was like what what how did he get that and but it didn't bother me that much do you know what i mean yeah, if they just if they just written him out, if Chadwick had decided he didn't didn't want to play this character anymore, I think it would be different. But when this is a real life death, the most respectful way to handle it was how they handled it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, this this scene w- was great at just setting the whole film up because this film is Shuri's journey. Yeah. This this is her film, and this is such an important moment for her. You've got you've got her trying to trying to synthesize this cure, trying to because she you know she she's the one who fixes things. Yeah, she's always fixes everything. She fixes um, Everett Ross in the first film. She fixes uh, Bucky. There's, uh, there's, she says one thing at some point in in the film where she's like, "Why?" Because I think she's not very religious, is she? In terms of like bast and yeah things like that. So she didn't expect the uh, ancestral plane to be real. But there's one point where she's like, "Why would bast give me this ability to fix things and create things and all this?" But I couldn't save my brother. Yeah, yeah. I think that was quite powerful. Yeah. So you've got, and then a, a defining moment for her through the rest of this film is when she learns that you know she's too late and her brother has died, and you know her mum comes to tell her, and the anguish on Shuri's face, I felt like that was the moment I was like, oh shit, I've got goosebumps like thinking about that, and I'm, do you know what I'm glad of? I'm glad that it was her film because they could have quite easily made it a very even split uh, between Shuri Ramonda, Okoye, Nakia. Well, yeah. I've, I, that's kind of what I expected. I thought this was going to be a Wakanda film. Yeah. Um, and in some aspects it was, but it was mostly a, a Shuri film. And I'm, ha- I'm glad about that. Really? Uh, great actor, great character. Um, and I think it just worked better, kind of all resonating around Shuri and Shuri's journey. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, after that scene, 
we move on to the se- part of the scene that we saw in the trailer, the funeral. Yeah. Uh, we get a better look at the coffin. Yeah. The coffin was really cool. Yeah, it were. I oh. like it. was a really good little thing, like with the with, with the Black Panther mask and the, and arms, the arms crossed on, like in in what I assume is vibranium, because everything else in Wakanda is <laughs> like the, the, the rest of the world. So probably vibranium. The rest of the world's struggling for vibranium, trying to find any little scrap of it, and they're just like, you "Oh yeah, I'll make me shoes out of it." <laughs> Um, it was a really nice scene. Um, I, I don't know how how true it would be to an African funeral, um, but it was it was one of those kinds of funerals that was a celebration. Fairly accurate, really. Um, apart from like the well, it depends. apart from the tractor beam. Yeah, apart from the tractor beam. <laughs> but obviously, they've got the first bit where they've got the close, like the higher up people, the family, the council, like putting him in the coffin, pull it out, like revealing the coffin and they're saying like the prayers and then they carry him through the streets and then like everyone's celebrating and they're like, do you know, like they do in the first one when he's having the battle and they're all like chanting and then like, yeah, like they're doing that as he's walking through the streets and they're all dancing and celebrating. And I thought it was just, it was really powerful and emotional, but I think it was just a really nice moment as well. Yeah. I think the thing that nearly got me was when Shuri and Ramonda started walking away from the coffin and then Shuri just like leapt back, put her head on it and just like. Yeah. Yeah. She crying. did. I yeah. think that got me a little bit. Um. So then we, we get a, a one-year time jump after that. Oh, actually, we should mention the Marvel logo. Oh, yeah. I, do you know what? I think that was a great touch. They didn't have to do that. No, and I should have seen it coming. Like, it, it, it took me aback a bit, but I should have seen it coming because it's what they did when Stan Lee died as well, isn't it? Yeah. The first film that re- they released after Stan Lee died, they replaced all the all the uh, shots in the, in the Marvel Studios cameos. logo with his cameos, yeah. And so they've done the same. They've made a a, a Chadwick version of the Marvel. It, it just works so well, and I think it it gave the theme for the movie of this is for him. Yeah, and it, they stripped all the sound out of it. Yeah, um, and yeah, it was it was really emotional. Um, I almost missed it because there was someone walking past me to get to the seat, and then I, and then I was just <laughs> I was just hitting you like, look, yeah. Which, come on, who comes to the cinema late? They ca- like, there was someone that came halfway through the movie. Yeah. And I was like, why? Just don't come. Yeah. So, obviously, after the funeral scheme, we, scene, we get that one-year time skip, which I don't know if I was expecting to have like that sort of time skip. But, uh, no, no, I, I wasn't. Think it was, I think it works because it gave... Obviously, they could move on a little bit and it could yeah. show that some people had processed it and they'd grieved. And this is what I meant about it like, it's not getting hung up on the death of T'Challa, even though, you know, it's a theme that runs throughout the rest of the film. Um, it's not, it doesn't have to show uh, everybody in the immediate aftermath. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you still see grieving, but uh, what one year later gives you that bit of separation for things to have moved on a bit. I think it gives the emphasis on how Shuri has not 
moved on yet at all. She's just she's thrown herself into everything else. Yeah. And I, I said earlier this film's about grief and it's about how different people deal with grief. And there's there's a very stark contrast between how Shuri deals with uh, with the grief of T'Challa's death and how uh, Queen Ramonda has dealt with it. Shuri's almost in denial, you know, yeah. will, will not face up to to the reality of the situation and um and, and is kind of refusing to go through the grieving process and you know we've all lost people and i think we all know that it's an important part an important part of losing someone close is grieving and is facing up to it and is feeling those emotions yeah and Shuri throughout this film is doing her very best not to. Yeah. And I like, there's a point where, and I think it's the next scene because Ramonda comes in and she's like, right, we're going. Like, you need to, you need to grieve. Um, and takes her to a beach. And there's a moment in there where she's like, if I let myself think about him even for a second, I will burn the world. Yes. And it was just like, Wow, okay. <laughs> Breathe. And obviously, this is the scene where we get our first kind of like proper look at Neymar. Yeah, yeah. Neymar. So so there is there is the scene just before on the uh what looks like an oil rig, but we find out the drilling for vibranium. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh he he rips the helicopter out of the sky. And it's like a shadow, like you don't you don't see him, but you just see the shadow. Um, and I think it's our first look at the um, the Yucatan. I don't know what the people are called. Uh, I know that the place they live is Talacan. Um, and I know they were Yucatan, Azte- yeah. uh, Mayan. But we see the first look at them. And I think like, I think the ones that stood out to me are kind of, I'm guessing they like his generals with the headdresses and things. Yeah, yeah. So one of them's called Namora. I remember that. Yeah, I'm not sure who the others are. I know that they are characters from the comics, but Namora was quite a big character. So I think yeah. we're going to see more of her as well because Namora was always quite big in the comics. Yeah, I thought that scene was really cool on on the rig. I thought it that whole scene had kind of horror elements. Well, I think when things first start to go wrong, it's uh, it's it's under the sea, isn't it? It's under the sea, and they're like, "Oh, we've lost the guy's vitals," and she turns around and he's just gone, and he he's just been that ripped. Cable, that cable just yeah. floating there. He's been ripped completely from his air supply, and he's just nowhere to be seen. And then you you see the heads pop out of the water, and you get you get like the siren song. The sirens, I loved the siren song touch. Yeah, yeah, it was a great nod to uh, that, that classical mythology of, yeah. of mermaids and things. It's a cool song too. And uh, people just start throwing themselves over the edge. I think does one guy go to look at the edge, look over the edge, and just gets pulled over by someone. See, oh, no, yeah. the, so they, 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 they throw the, a... t- the two others put earplugs in and walk out, and there's one of them just stepping onto the side. So he shoots his gun, which kind of snaps him out of it. And he's like, step away from the edge. And then all of a sudden, he just gets ripped and pulled in. 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, so so that scene was kind of dark, but I I didn't mind that too much because, like I said, I thought they were going for a bit of a horror vibe. Yeah, with the you know unseen assailants, just super strength coming out of the water, and and it it did do a good job of of showing their power because that's our first introduction to them. Yeah, and it had to show. And for some reason, they all thought uh, everyone else thought they were Wakandan. Yeah, I'm like, bro, the well, blue. I think after they'd seen them, they didn't, but everyone that saw them died. Um, that was another thing. Are they only blue out of the water? Because there were a few shots That's in the water. That's what I thought. I'm like, oh, they that, they don't look blue now. Well, water's blue, so. Yeah, I don't know. It Like, it was never made clear. Like, you didn't ever, you didn't ever see them coming out of the water and kind of start to turn blue. They were just... They were blue sometimes and they weren't other times. And I think it's that they just blew out of the water. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and, then, and then we do move on to the beach scene, I believe. Yeah, so that's, it's the, the ritual. It's one year on. Um, they're, meant to be, they're meant to be burning the funeral. Yeah, the fu- like the funeral dresses. Yeah, uh, to mark the end of the morning process. <laughs> I'm sure it's like, no. Yeah, which, as I said, Shuri's not even started the morning process, really. She's, yeah, she's... she's completely blocked herself off, um, which, you know, is something that some people do, and it's not a healthy way to deal with it. Um, yeah, and then, you know, it's rudely interrupted by Namor. And his little wings. His little, yeah. I did still think they looked kind of goofy. But, they were never. They were never not going to though, because he's always he's always had wings on his like his yeah. ankles. There's no way to make little wings on your ankles look cool. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is I think they did the best they could with it. Yeah, but yeah, they, I, did, I just... they didn't focus on it, and I think that's what might have made it. Like they weren't just like, "Hey, look at my little wings." I'm just not sure how it works from a physics point of view. I feel like it'd be. For, like toppling over in air and flying upside <laughs> down. So yeah, so Namor Namor comes out of the water. He basically tells them that he wants them to find the scientists because he blames them for revealing the power of vibranium to the world. Now, who did you think the scientist when he said that? Oh, I thought it was Riri Williams straight away. Oh, I didn't. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, is it the one from the boat? Like, does she survive? Or I thought it was just like some kind of like unimportant person. No, no. As soon as uh, as soon as they said that they had to go and find a scientist in America, I thought it was going to be Riri Williams, just because we knew that she was in this film. I kind of forgot. I think I was just focused on Shuri <laughs> going all like dark and yeah, and it gives it gives them a conch shell. Do they ever blow that? Yes, uh, Queen Ramonda does. Is that when, when she's distracting yeah. him? Yeah. I don't remember it getting blown. No, it it doesn't actually get blown, but one of them is people's, like, you've been summoned. Yeah, but I wanted to see you blow it, and it go... Or something. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Um, something that struck me about this film uh, is that it didn't feel like your typical superhero, punchy-punchy, uh, good guy beating up bad guys. It was much more about the tensions between these two nations. 
and it just felt like throughout the film it was simmering and simmering and simmering and it like are, are they going to go to war are they going to wipe each other out are we, like there's no there's no winners in this situation and no one is willing to concede to the other and it just it just felt there are two scenes that we did miss before the beach so there's queen ramonda going absolutely badass on like the un or whatever they are yeah i think it was united nations wasn't it um and it's playing the scene where the mercenaries are attacking one of the what do they call them oh yeah uh, one of the outreach yeah centers and i think that's really cool and i like the little bit of dialogue between okoye and one of the other Dora, Dora Milaje, because she's brought daggers, and and Okoye is like, no, no, we d- we don't, we don't do that. Yeah, I we agree with Okoye. Spears. The spears are way cooler. <laughs> yeah, they are. Like when they retract and detract. Yeah, they retract and expand those spears. It is like one of the coolest things. I like the new feature of the beads, a oh. little fly or dragon boss thing. Yeah, well, a little robot fly that. Yeah, because they used it quite a few times, didn't they? That gets Ross's attention. I think it's. I. I. I just. I love how many uses. The what do they call them? I can't remember, but yeah, the beads. I, the you. There's so many different uses. Like it's like Batman's utility belt in a bead. Yeah. Yeah, anything they need it to do, it can do. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like each bead is a specific one. That each bead does everything. It's like. I just, it's great. I want some. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we get our first look at Riri Williams outside school selling, selling homework, I, I guess. I, yeah. Uh, what did you think to Riri Williams uh, on the whole? Do you know what? I love her. I really do. Like she does. Cause obviously she's Marvel's replacement for Iron Man. We, I mean, kind of. She, she's her own. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of that. Thing. And that's what I like. It's like her suit didn't look like Iron Man. Her suit, like the, the, the suit that she makes in Wakanda, looked really anime inspired. It did. It looked very anime Power Ranger kind of look. I really liked, like, if that's the, the kind of thing that she's into and the, the kind of thing she will have based it off. I, yeah, I thought it looked great. I, I hope that was done on purpose, made it like anime. An anime looking suit. Um also, you know, it's it's big and clunky again, and I, I like that. You you I, can I just like that it wasn't Stark Tech Iron Man. Yeah. It was her own. Yeah, uh, it, it was her own. It had its own look. It wasn't nanotech. I, I, I was kind of worried that it were gonna be, you know, sure really makes a nanotech thing like she did for for the Black Panther suits. You just hate nanotech, don't you? I think it looks boring on camera. Like when a suit just kind of appears over someone, it doesn't look anywhere near as interesting as a big clunky physical suit that you can see the gears and the cogs and Yeah, but you can't tell me Iron Man's scene in Infinity War when he like pulls his jacket tight and then he like double taps his the chess piece on it and it kind of all comes out of that i think that's really cool i disagree i think it looks really like, cool compared to every other suit up sequence that's the worst one <laughs> um 
I like Riri Williams as a character and she's very like she's so smart but she's still got that jokey nature she's got the like the Chicago attitude do you know what I mean yeah yeah like I, with I, those little lines where she's like can I guess some of that I did like her I felt like if it, it might have been a, an unnecessary addition to this film she didn't feel she didn't feel to me like she meshed with the vibe of this film because um everybody else is dealing with with loss and grief or you're part of this war uh and she kind of, as you know, as cool as the Ironheart suit and everything was, she kind of just felt thrown in, I guess, to promote the Ironheart TV series. I think if she wasn't in this film, it wouldn't have been a great loss. I actually disagree. So I think it was a great way to introduce her. And I think it worked with the story. Rather than it getting to the Ironheart series and it's just, she's here. I think it was a great way to introduce her into the MCU. The whole movie is because of her. So Well yeah, but that could have been any any random scientist, like you said. Like it didn't need to be this new character that we're introducing and bring and bringing out a TV series for. No, but I like it because obviously her and Shuri developed quite a bond working together. Um so there's that bond there between the Black Panther and Ironheart. Um, that I'm hoping we're going to see more of in the future. Yeah, and I think I, I think I think it, it was a great way to in, introduce her in this film. Yeah, um, so we didn't really get why she's made an Iron Man suit. Um, is she a fan of Iron Man? Is she, you know, inspired by Tony Stark? It, it was never th- th- there was a few mentions of Stark tech, and Shuri says, "Is this Stark tech? You're making your own Stark suit or whatever." Um, but yeah, we, we never quite got to hear why it's Iron Man that she's trying to emulate. Um, but I guess you know, she's like I said, she's getting her own TV series, and all that stuff is probably better saved for that. Yeah, which is probably why she was so minimalistic in this. They don't want to take anything away from the Ironheart series, but I thought it was a good way to introduce her. Um, and then... I get the chase sequence, which... Then there's the fight on the bridge. How cool are the water bombs? Oh, yeah, I really I like that. they're really cool. Like, when when you first see, like, those water grenades, I just thought, like, oh, yeah, like, they're a water-based civilization of course they're going to use water as part of their weapons like it's, it just it's like a water balloon that's actually really deadly yeah it just seemed kind of obvious after they used it but it's something i would have never thought of like it, yeah yeah it was uh it was a great addition um so this chase sequence i don't know if you remember it when they were filming uh letitia wright was injured uh and apparently she was injured doing a bike stunt so you know a bit of trivia this will be the scene where she she got injured where she flies off the bike i don't know if it was that bit in particular uh because that would have been a stunt person um but yeah there was some sort of accident doing uh doing a stunt on a bike uh and she uh she got an injury but i think paused filming for a while um but yeah so so as soon as as soon as she got on the bike it was like oh yeah that makes sense now so after that obviously we get all the the battle between Okoye swinging spear around just like 
stabbing yeah, people and that somehow come back to life. Anytime you get to see Okoye just being a badass is a good time. I think Okoye is great. And there's one thing I haven't mentioned, because before they go to there, there's the council meeting. And obviously, one of my favourite characters, M'Baku. Love M'Baku. <laughs> what does he say to her when it like, you bald-headed devil? <laughs> Something was, like that, yeah. I was like, that was great. Yeah. I, I just, I love that we've got a lot more of M'Baku. Every time M'Baku got into a fight in this film, I was like, please don't die. Please don't die. Please don't die. <laughs> Don't kill him back because there's the bit where he gets punched in the chest. Oh my god! And it goes like slow motion, and it breaks his armor. I like fuck. He's just broken his ribs. It's like a Mortal Kombat finisher. It is, yeah. It's like an X-ray move. Yeah, there was a lot of slow motion in this film, uh, but still nowhere near as much as was in Black Adam. I didn't notice it that much, you know. There was quite a bit in uh, in the action sequences, but like I said, in, in Black Adam, it was really egregious. Um, and then, do you know what? This was probably one of the biggest surprises for me after the bridge scene. Di- uh, director de Fontaine, Commissioner. Direct, is it? She's director now, isn't she? Of yeah, she's CIA. director. I'm not sure what what is she director of. The CIA. Is it the CIA? Because he doesn't say he works for the CIA. Yeah, he says he works for the agency. Yeah. Is CIA. that a different? Yeah, the agency is the Central Intelligence Agency. The Bureau is the Federal Bureau okay. of Investigation. So if anyone says agency, they mean CIA. If they, mean, if they say Bureau, they mean FBI. But also, you should have known that by the headquarters being in Langley. Okay. So yeah, so she's the director of the CIA. And I was like, when it said uh, she came up and I was like, wait, isn't that? I was like, wait a minute. And then I was like, that's that woman that's recruiting all the dickheads. Yeah, so there has been a rumour circulating about Thunderbolts, that Thunderbolts are being put together to launch an attack on Wakanda, which this film definitely seems to lend some credence to that yeah. as being true. So if she's director at CIA, do what she wants, really, can't she? Yeah, I was wondering if she was director of S.W.O.R.D., to be honest. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're probably right, it'd be CIA. No, because she's evil. Yeah. I, I'm sure she's she's just pure evil. And apparently well, Everett, Everett Ross was married to her. I don't think she's evil. Uh, I no. think she's just a bureaucrat. So evil. You know, she's just... A, <laughs> she, she, she's one of those that's just, you, could, you know, follow orders and not give any thought to how moral or amoral they are. Uh, whereas as Ross... Is a good guy. Specific in this film specifically defies orders because he believes in Wakanda, and because they've been so good to him in in the previous films. Can we just talk about the fact they were married though? Yeah, that it was just that one line, and I think we both just looked at each other like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, it, it was a great reveal. We got a lot more. I, I kind of thought she might pop up as a cameo, but we got a lot more uh, Valentina than I was expecting. Um, and I think, yeah, introducing that backstory that they were married, I think deepens both of their characters. It makes you care a bit more about both of their characters. That um, they makes them, you know, a bit more three dimensional. Yeah, the fact that they have a history and a personal life and whatever uh, just just adds an extra layer, which I I really like because it's not now we know more than what we've seen. 
Yeah. And, you know, we've not seen a lot of Valentina before this. This is her biggest appearance I, so I, far. I think it's mainly been um, post-credits. She was in the post-credits of uh, Black Widow. Black, yeah. And I think she, she was, was actually in... She was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. But very briefly. Yeah. And has she been in anything else? Um, yeah, She has, but I can't think what. I'm sure there's another thing that she was in. Can't remember. But well, this, this is, is definitely her yeah. biggest appearance so far. And uh, yeah, like I said, I, I I really enjoyed seeing her pop up in this. And I, I feel like I understand who she is a bit more now, having seen her in this. Uh, there's that line, isn't there, where uh, Everett says, can you imagine what America would do? if we were the only nation with vibranium and she says, I dream about it. Yeah. No, I, I just don't like her. I think she's like pure evil. I think like she's I said, I don't do... think, I don't think she's evil. I just think she, uh, she, she is going to follow, follow her orders no matter what they are. Um, they're giving her a bit of a purple streak in her hair as well. Yeah. Um, which does make her look a bit more villainous. <laughs> Do you think we'll see her before Thunderbolts, or is that it now until then? Uh, I think, well, I think we need to... Are we going to see her recruiting more people for the Thunderbolts, um, or...? I don't know. You know, there's rumours that uh, Abomination got, might pop up in the Thunderbolts. Haven't, is it? Because Bucky Barnes is in it, in the, as a Thunderbolt. Yeah. Um, and haven't we got the Captain America film before Thunderbolts? Oh, yeah. I think so maybe she'll pop up in that. Something's going to happen with him and Bucky, or. Yeah. So I reckon she'll probably pop up in that. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, I do feel like the streak in her makes her look very Cruella de Vil. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's what it gives me the feel of. Yeah, it reminded me of Rogue from X Men. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. she has a white streak in her hair. Um, but again, we get another mutants mention in, uh, in this yeah. as well. I, f- which... I think it's another moment where we both just looked at each other like, oh, shit. Marvel just seems to be throwing around the word mutant left, they right, are. and center at the minute. I know. And I think it's... it's just like they've been holding back for all these years. <laughs> we can finally say mutant in our films. We're going to say mutant <laughs> in everything. <laughs> it's like we're not even making a mutant film. We just want to say it. Yeah. Um, I think something's got to be coming because Marvel don't do anything for no reason. Everything's so meticulously planned out. They're building the hype though, aren't they? Yeah. They're going to keep teasing it and teasing it and teasing it. And then mutants are going to appear in Secret Wars. Yeah, something like that. And I think, because like we've said it before, like they plan everything. Everything's done for a reason with Marvel. Like they even release a timeline of what movies are coming out so yeah. that they stick to the store. They can link everything. Yeah. Like no one else does that saying this is the timeline. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. So um, anyway, on the bridge, Namor or Namor's henchman, even uh, abduct Shuri and Riri. And then uh, Ramonda basically fires Okoye, which, what did you think? Like, I, I, I really felt for Okoye in that moment. I kind, I kind of hated Ramonda at that point for a, little, a, a minute. Because, like, Okoye did everything she possibly could against, like, five superhumans. 
Yeah. And I feel like she's been stripped of everything in that moment. Yeah. When you tell Okoye you are no longer a Dora Milaje, I think she's like, well, what what am I now? Um, but you can also see see it from Ramonda's point of view. Like she's... Yeah. Lost she's, everything. She's lost her son um, a year ago. And now her daughter's presumed to be dead. Like she, she's she's lashing out, and I I don't think it. I, I think it's just Okoye is the easy person to blame in that moment. Yeah, because she was there. Yeah. So Ramonda goes to Haiti, and we uh, and we see Nakia again, which I was wondering where Nakia was. Yeah, I love in the hair. Yeah. Love in the hair. Yeah, it looks great, and and. You know, you find out that she's she's left. In fact, I don't think that's this scene, is it? She, no, it she is. already mentions later on that she left post Thanos's attack. Yeah, no, uh, Ramonda does mention it's been six years. Yeah, because and it's like um, okay, it made us ask a lot of questions. Like, but at the end, they were they were back together. Yeah, the status quo at the end of Black Panther was that she was staying in Wakanda. Um, they were going to get married. I don't think ever. was she in Infinity War. No, because you know a lot of Infinity War took place in Wakanda. Um, she, no, she wasn't. That is where Thanos launched his uh, his attack, going after the Mind Stone, whatever was in Vision's head. Yeah, the Mind Stone. Yeah, so I I couldn't remember if uh, if we'd seen her there or not, but. Uh, yeah, it, it was good to see her see her back. Um and like you said earlier, she does go from being uh, you know, very intelligent and uh compassionate to being able to be a complete badass in in instance. Yeah, I, I love like when that. she needs to be, she kicks ass. Um but also the following scene where She's, uh, you know, pretending to be a reporter. She's uh, asking someone who who has seen Namor before. Well, she's a spy, isn't she? Where she saw, yeah, like she like she was a spy for Wakanda. So yeah, and and it just shows you get getting to see that in action a bit. Yeah, was great. Yeah, um, and then then we did because she sets off looking. Yeah, so then then we see Telecam. After I thought that. this was great. Yeah, and the, so the whole underwater scene where uh, Neymar takes takes Shuri, Shuri underwater, and it, it felt like when you first see Wakanda in Black Panther, you you get your first view, and it's like, what look did at you this think amazing... to the new? What did you think to the new entrance of Wakanda? Because I like how they're not going through the woods, the forest. Oh yeah, the, the water gate. The little tapping on the water to open the gate. I thought that were really cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I did like that. I just wanted to mention that because it was, I was looking at it, I was like, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I was going to mention that uh, actually because something I really like in, in the Black Panther films is that although Wakanda is, uh, you know, this civilization that has technology way in advance of anything that exists in the real world, they still managed to make it feel very african and it yeah um and uh, yeah just for, it's that, done so well as well that water drum thing to open the gate i thought was uh was a great addition to that 
Um, yeah, so I, I really liked the the look at of at Talokan that we get. There's a moment where it's and it's a very quick shot. Yeah. But, but they're playing uh, they're playing a game underwater, a ball game that's a, a bit basketball. You know, there's, there's hoops, but they're they're vertical instead of horizontal. Like you have to knock, knock the ball through. Um, and that's it's like, a, it's like Quidditch. That's that's an ancient uh, Mayan game. Oh, is it? That uh, so yeah. Well, when we, we went to Mexico, um, we, we heard about it at uh, Chichen Itza. We had a guided to tour around Chichen Itza, and the guide was telling us all about this game. And you have to hit the ball using only, I think it's your left elbow and your left knee are the only parts of your body that are allowed to touch the ball. And you have to get it up through these hoops using only those parts of your body. And then... What if uh, it's on the ground? But you just kind of bounce it. So we, we saw, we went to a, a like, I'm just telling you about my holiday now. We went to a park <laughs> that's, uh, called Eshkoret and they, they put a big show on in the evening. And part of that show is playing the Mayan ball game. Uh, so when it's on the ground, they just kind of start hitting it with their elbow to start it bouncing and they get it off the floor again and then they knock it between each other and yeah just hitting it with their elbow and their knee um but i bet it's a lot easier underwater than it is yeah <laughs> on the surface just swim underneath it yeah um but no i liked it um and i liked how it wasn't stereotypically atlantis looking yeah do you know what I mean? It weren't just like a city in like a globe of some yeah, sort. Yeah, like you know, the the, the Mayan influences are yeah. evident, and that's why that's why I liked that that ball game appeared um, because I, I I knew about it and I'd seen it. As soon as that appeared, it was like, oh yeah, like they they've clearly they've clearly been looking at Mayan influences for this. They've clearly done their research and not just made a a generic underwater city. I liked the bit of comedic side of Namor before he starts going. He's like, sure, he's like, I want to see it in yeah. terms of Talokan. And he's like, your body would get crushed and all this. Or you could wear a suit. We have some. Yeah. And it's, I liked that little, it kind of humanized him a bit more rather than him just being this scary ankle winged guy. It humanised him a little bit, and obviously, I think he told us the story before he took her of how the people came to be. Yeah. And with the heart-shaped herb that grew in the water. Yeah, it wasn't a heart-shaped herb, was it? But it's clearly, you know, of the same family. Yeah, it was. it grew from vibranium. Yeah. And that link to, I think, from this moment on, because later in the film, there's uh, during the big fight scene, there's a moment where they start flashing back to Wakanda and to the Yucatan. Yeah. And it's so, each scene's like a different representation of the same thing. And I think from that moment where Neymar starts talking about that story, they start linking, showing similarities between the two. Yeah. And I really liked that little touch because it ended up with that big bit, culminizing it all and sure going, oh, we are like the same. Yeah. There's a bit here where Namor's talking to Shuri and says like, you know, oh, you, you, you can see, 
see now what I'm fighting for and basically gives us the ultimatum that join us to wage war on the rest of the world or we're going to destroy you first. And it's the calmness with which he says that. Like, he's not standing, shouting and screaming and arguing and he's just saying very calmly, like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna take the fight to the rest of the world and kill them before they can kill us. It's like I'm just here to protect my family. Yeah, and that that's what gave me the Bond villain vibes was just the cool, calm, because I think that is often scarier. When someone's so calm about doing the wrong thing. Yeah, because he believes he's right. He's, he's, he's not acting in, in the heat of the moment. He's thought about this, he's considered this, and this is, as far as he's concerned, the right thing to do. And, um, you know, he's not going to calm down and change his mind in 10 minutes. This is, this is what he believes. Yeah. And then we get, this is the scene where Ramunda summons him, isn't it? While while Nakia sneaks in, uh, Nakia's got this cool underwater, overwater bike thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Like a hover bike that goes underwater. And opens up. Yeah. It was, And then she's got this cool weapon as well. Yeah, yeah, that gun. But if you look at Riri's suit at the end, it looks like the same gun in her arm. Oh, okay. That's what I was... When I saw it, I was like, is that the one, like, the same style that Nakia was using? Yeah. Yeah, and so this is kind of... You know, tensions have been bubbling and it's just kind of waiting for somebody to to throw a match on the gasoline. Yeah. And this is the inciting incident, isn't it? Yeah. And it's it's not just so Neymar is telling Ramonda that if anybody tries to to rescue Shuri and Riri, then that's war. But I don't, it's not just that, is it? Like, Nikia rescues them and also kills their guard. Well, um, the, two, the two guards. And Shuri wants to save her, which I think is because she's seen Talokan. Yeah. And she she kind of understands Namor a bit. And, yeah, so she she, she wants to save her, which is, is kind of in stark contrast to where she ends up. She kind of, she, she loses pretty much all her compassion later on in the film. Uh, so I, I, I think that's there to remind us who she is, as Ramonda would say. Yeah. Uh, what well, the kind of person that she is and the kind of person that she, she needs to be and that uh, T'Challa would expect her to be is, is yeah. somebody who, who is compassionate and who would, who would save the life of someone, even if they were, her enemy which thinking about it is kind of the same journey that T'Challa has to go on in Civil War um, after King T'Chaka is killed and he just wants revenge on Bucky and he has to he has to learn that compassion and learn not to uh, not to act in anger and revenge just like Shuri has to learn in this film I mean, I didn't think of it that way at first, but now you mention it, it's so obvious. And I think it just adds to the relationship that Shuri and T'Challa had 
with the way that they're broadcasting these similarities. And so I, I, I do wonder if, you know, would things have been different if, if Namor got there and that guard said, you know, she, they, they've gone, but she saved my life first. Would things have gone the same way? Would, you know, I, I, things, it still wouldn't have been good. But yeah. would the attack on Wakanda have been quite as brutal as it was? Because it was absolutely brutal. Oh, it really was, yeah. Um, and it felt very out of the blue in in a lot of ways. Like, you know, they're just they're just in the street, in the street talking, and then all of a sudden, oh, where's all this water come from? And I can't remember who it is. Someone says what, or starts to say. I think it's Sokoye says we're under attack and then it blows. All the water explosions everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, those water explosions just completely throwing people about. I know. Them what um, them water grenades are lethal. Oh they 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 are brilliant. And you know, like water at high pressure. Like you you've seen people uh, like shot with water cannons and things at riots and yeah. protests and whatever, like they, they will send you flying. Like in movies when they're in a submarine and that, like pressurized waters, dangerous. Yeah. Like just um, things you use to clean your patios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they hurt. Jet washer. They hurt. Well, yeah, so, you're not meant to get showered with them. No, no, but you, <laughs> you've essentially got just this massive condensed jet washer exploding in like a what, 50 meter radius? Because they do explode like a big. Because there's that scene on bridge when uh, we first see him. And, yeah. Because it's cool because uh, Namora throws one. The other guy kind of hits it towards Okoye, and then Okoye is like 6,000 feet off at bridge. Yeah. A lot of my favourite Umbaku moments in the film are in this scene. Um, there's a bit where he's fighting one of the Atlanteans, and he just kind of... He's, he's got like a big like a cudgel. Yeah, like and he kind of scoops him up and throws him using it's it. Just, it's just like, yeet! Yeah. It's so funny. There's a bit, and I think everyone were laughing, like we've absolutely pissed in a sense, and I can't remember what part of the film it is, but it's where Mbaku just starts going, oh, oh, Yeah, and you see some of that in Yeah, but where, which bit is film. that? Because he's being a, a gorilla, isn't he? Like yeah. he worships a gorilla god. Hanuman. Um. And in the comics, he his name is Manape, and understandably, you know, because of racist connotations, they've not called him Manape in uh, in the films. It's a good choice, but it's they've really still they've kept some of you know the fact he's mad strong. Uh... Yeah, yeah, and the fact that he will he will just when he gets angry make monkey noises at you. <laughs> like it's when you it, I think it's it's not so much when he's getting angry now, is it? It's just when when he thinks you're saying something that just doesn't need to be said or like it's just like shut up. He's just like, oh because there's a bit where someone's talking he just starts doing it over him again. Yeah, I think it's an intimidation yeah. thing. If he feels like he needs to intimidate you, then that's that's the way he does it. And I don't know about you, I'd be intimidated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think he's one of my favourite characters in Baku. Like, he really is. And I think he's, he's just shown a lot more of his human side, kind of, this film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because last film, it was more of him as a leader. 
a lot yeah. of this film we saw him as a person. Yeah. Uh, so and then he he sees Neymar and says the fishman because he says it in that chamber first, and he's like, if this fishman. Yeah, uh, and that's <laughs> we've already spoke about. Then uh, Neymar punches him dead in the chest. Oh, it looks it looks so painful. It really does look so brutal, and I. I it goes, this is one of the moments that goes right slow motion, and I honestly thought this was the death of Umbaku. I thought they were killing him. And then he just flies into that hut, like, lifts his head like, oh no, I can't. Yeah. I think he, like, he checks his chest for a second, like, am I, am I alive? Oh, yeah, it's okay. My armour okay. took it. Why is he not wearing vibranium armour? Uh, yeah, like everybody else seems to uh, just have vibranium, uh, and yeah, you know, it's weaved into their clothes and everything. Well, Gibraria just like no, uh, but yeah, maybe that's it. Like they're kind of an outcast tribe, but they're not anymore. But I, f- I don't know if it's just because they associate vibranium with Bast. I don't know, possibly. But he is in the last bit, uh, last battle on the boat. If you notice, his cudgel is no longer wooden and it is vibranium. Right. Like, do you know the ball bit? Yeah. It's definitely vibranium. Okay. So the the conclusion of this battle is, again, that, that these absolutely brutal water grenades get thrown at Ramonda. Yeah. They flood the throne room. Yeah, they flood the throne room and then there's that... This scene seemed like it went on for a long time. The underwater bit. Like the swimming do, upwards bit. Do you do the thing when people are underwater where you hold your breath to see if you can last as long as them? Not always, no. I, I, I did during this and uh, yeah, it was a long time. <laughs> quick quick little fact for you just on that. The world record has just been broken for holding your breath. 26 minutes. Okay. Holding breath underwater. Yeah. Well, I, I think... If you get like a a good lung of oxygen, like from an oxygen tank, you can survive quite a long time on one lung. The issue is learning to to suppress your reflex of needing to take a breath. You, you you've got to train your body to just survive on that bit of oxygen that's in your lungs. Um, but yeah, I know that I know that you can you can survive on that for quite a long time, but. Um, and obviously that I assume that's you know taking oxygen from a tank that's not just a breath of air. Yeah, so they were like in a pool, they had a tank and they went and then they just sat in that water like just floating. Yeah. With the face in it for pretty much half an hour. Something Ramunda couldn't do because again it's sure his reaction that makes that scene. Yeah. Like when... fair, it was the swimming upwards when she's got Riri cuz Ramunda saves Riri. Yeah. And then it's the swimming up seems like it just it's just she's just not moving. Yeah. And and then we see obviously I think it's is it a Koye that runs in first? Yeah, because she holds she holds uh she holds Shuri back, yeah. It's it's the scream from Shuri. Yeah, because she's already she's already lost her brother and then you see when it becomes evident that her mum's not going to wake up. Yeah, I just I found it heartbreaking. And is, is that the scene that got you? That's not that's not the okay. one that. Oh, I it, I did find it. I did find it emotional, yeah. but it's not what uh, what choked me up. 
it was just the the hopelessness in the scream. Yeah, I was but just again, like, that's, that's all down to Letitia Wright's performance. And she, she has incredible effort. If she don't win an award for that uh, performance, because it's just in, incredible. To be fair, I'm sure she will win some awards, but there'll be like MTV awards and things. I mean, like a big award, because let's be honest. I don't think I've seen anyone convey emotion like she has like that. Yeah, the, so the, big, many... the big awards the big awards tend to uh, shy away from the blockbusters. It might win an award for best costumes or something. Maybe. At this point, her mum's dead. Her brother's dead. She's just... She's angry. Yeah. Like, she yeah, is... you, you get the conversation between her and Umbaku over her mum's coffin and... Like you said, this film's conveyed his human side more. Yeah. Um, he, he, when we, we find out that T'Challa had asked him to look after her. Yeah. And so so this is the, the line that choked me up is in this conversation. Shuri says, I've just lost the last person who truly knew me. Yeah. And that line, that line got me. It, it was... I've, it wasn't. I don't even think it was the. Again, it wasn't the line. It was. It was Letitia. Yeah. Anyone could have said that, but she put so much. It's again the hopelessness in the voice. Yeah, like I can't praise her enough for this film. Um, and this is kind of not what she signed on for. Like she signed on no. to be a supporting character in these films, yeah. and has kind of been thrust into taking a much more leading role and she she has stepped up so well and i think that's why she was saying like in the press conference she's like i wish i I hope i've done my brother proud yeah and we and i'd say she has even after this i think this is when we start to see even more amazing acting from her from this scene onwards um so this is this is what's made Shuri want to uh, want to recreate the heart shaped herb again because she had said earlier in the film, like the Black Panther's done, we don't need the herb anymore. I think you know she she wanted she wanted the Black Panther to die with T'Challa basically, but after her mum dies, she wants to create the herb again, and it's not really clear as to why at first. There's a bit earlier on where she was like, I wasn't trying to recreate the herb for the Black Panther. I was trying to recreate the herb to save my brother. Yeah. Um, and so when she not decides... mentioned the necklace, which is what led to this, kind of. Well, it, it, it helps. Uh, the, the necklace is made from the plant. As soon as he gives her that, I'm like, okay, so that's made from that plant. She's going to be yeah. able to use that. Um, but yeah, it was a a, a good way to... To, to to give her the solution. The solution was with Namor. The solution was with Talokan. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, like I was saying, it's not clear at first why she suddenly wants to create the Black Panther again. And I assumed it's it's what her mum wanted. Her mum was asking her earlier on to keep working on recreating the herb. So I thought, she's doing this in honour of her mum now. It starts to become evident that she's not, she's doing it, because she wants the power to get revenge. Yeah. She's, she's, she wants to create the heart-shaped herb so that she can kill Namor, and that's it. Yeah, she goes a little bit dark. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. She goes a lot dark. We see Riri getting taken to a workstation to build the suit. Yeah, yeah. So this whole scene is... It's like a montage, but it's only a week's montage, isn't it? This is this whole scene is preparing for war, like the war that yeah. we know is coming. Namor has said as much. He's coming back in a week, and you can you can help me, or I'll I'll kill the rest of you. So they have to start preparing. So Shuri recreates the herb. Um, Riri starts working on her suit. Something I need to say, and that is the suit that Shuri gives to Okoye is fucking horrendous. What is that? <laughs> Shape of water looking shit. It that's what it reminds me of the yeah. shape of water. But my thought, and this is what I was very excited to discuss, it's very Iron Man suit. Do you think? Yeah. So if you, but, but, but you mean the the practicalities of it, not what, the yes, not the look. The yeah. what it actually does is very Iron Man suit. And I'm thinking, does this bring into how we're going to work with armor wars a bit more? Because Possibly, although when I, they're I, flying in in that final battle, they are shooting things out of their hands and yeah, yeah, I did notice that they have like jets in their feet or whatever. Yeah. They have some sort of propulsion in their feet, don't they? Um, but the, the look of it was just so ugly. I, I liked the hair though. Um, I thought the hair was quite cool on it. No, it's what I was saying earlier about how how everything. Although it's highly advanced technology, it all still looks very African. Yeah, and these just these just looked ugly. They didn't. I don't know. I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that influence the same. They do look very but, much like um, there's there's a kind of like African armor that it looks very like. It's like a ceremonial kind of armor thing, right? And like with the headdress as well, looks very much like it. So I think they are still taking that. I don't know. It's an influence, but I think you'd have to know about it to realize it. They they just they looked too high tech. I like you know like in you don't see it in this one. I don't think. Oh, maybe you do later on. Um, anyway, but there's the like shields that they have that are like blankets, and then they hold the blankets up. Yeah. And there's a force field there. Like that's the stuff I really like, where it doesn't look high tech, but it is. Like yeah. the water drums opening the shields, um, and yeah, these suits just looked too high tech, and I didn't feel like meshed with the with the vibe of Wakanda. Okay. Yeah. I, I I I did like them, not so much on the look, just on what they were and what they did. Yeah, um, but I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say they looked terrible to me. And then obviously we get, and I think this was probably the most surprising scene. I would say, well. Apart from the post-credit, which we'll talk about in a bit, I'd say this, of the actual main film, I'd say this is the most surprising bit once she takes the heart-shaped herb. And we've already spoke about it uh, very briefly. That when she takes the heart-shaped herb, she goes to the ancestral plane. She ends up in water, and I'm like, oh, is I thought when she ends up in the water, I was like, is this because she's mixed it with the... But then, obviously, it's actually because she's in the throne room, which has been flooded. Yeah. And I thought, I genuinely thought, and I don't know if it had been better or worse, but I knew it wasn't her mother. But do you know when you saw like the back of the head bit? I thought they were going to CGI Chichala in there. No, I, I, I'd already read like 
very early on in the process of making this film, they'd said they weren't gonna they weren't gonna do that. They weren't gonna do a Princess Leia and use old footage or anything like that. I, I didn't want them to, but I thought that's what would come in because I just didn't I didn't think it was gonna be Killmonger. Yeah. I just, I just didn't. Do you know what I mean? And I was but like, it, it's clearly not a mum. It makes so much sense for where she is at. Yeah. Uh, emotionally at this point. It makes sense that he's the person that she sees. Yeah, and it's uh, like people are asking how, why, why weren't didn't a mother come to her? And it's yeah. it's not that. It's he, he says, doesn't he? You chose me. Yeah. So with the heart shaped toad, when you go to the ancestral plane, you choose who you're speaking to. Probably subconsciously. Yeah, um, and she's in such a place where she wants. She kind of wants. I feel like she wants confirmation that she yeah. can get revenge. I mean, she said earlier, didn't she, that she, she'd set the world on fire and that's yeah. when she'd only lost one person and now she's lost her mum as well. Um, she's and as she's set talking... It on fire and watch it burn. As she's talking to Killmonger as well, the room sets on fire. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a great shot. It's a brilliant visual. And um, it's as, she, as she's like... Her it's, I don't know if you noticed. It's louder. It's a shot that's in the trailer. Is her stood in that room with the room on fire, but it's they've removed. They've re- no, they've removed Killmonger. Like she stood on her own in in the oh, trailer. I thought this one where it's Ramonda just stood there. No, no, the it's uh, it's Shuri stood there. But yeah, it's, they've edited him out of the trailer to to save the surprise. They love doing that though. But oh, yeah. it, it surprised me. But it was nice to see him back, and it was kind of nice to to see the effects of the end of Black Panther, because if you noticed, he wasn't just completely unhinged. Yeah. He made sense. And he was slightly, like, he was like, hello, cousin. Um, He was talking about this. He was talking about how T'Challa was too noble. T'Challa was too noble. T'Chaka was too hypocritical, did he say? Yeah. Yeah, I think he he gives them a choice, doesn't he? Are you going to be like T'Challa or are you going to be like me? And, I and think she very much starts to go down the path of she's going to be like Killmonger and she's going to act out of out of anger and out of revenge. And this whole like last half hour of the film is her getting consumed by revenge. Yeah, which is again unhinged. As I, I, I said earlier, this film's all about grief, and this is just another aspect of it. It it starts off her not dealing with with the loss of her brother. And then it ends with her not dealing properly with the loss of her mum and wanting to, to just fall into anger because of it. Like like when her mum thinks that she's dead, she gets angry and she fires uh, Okoye. Now that, now that uh, Ramonda's dead, Shuri gets angry and she just wants to take out, take revenge. She wants to kill Namor. She wants to wipe Talakan off the face of the ocean um but yeah it is i get thematically this whole thing just works works so well with her her going down a dark path i think so do you know the five stages of grief i know of them so like (laughs) i feel like i I can't remember what they all are denial anger bargaining depression and then acceptance yeah i feel this film goes through them so well she's in denial about T'Challa and then she's 
as soon as the mother hits, she starts going out into anger more than yeah. anything. Like she just completely starts to unravel after that. Um, and it's that scene when obviously she's taken the herb, she's spoke to Killmonger, and then obviously we get the scene where they're all talking about what they should do. We get the ship fly overhead, and this scene, it's like when she just drops in. Because I think this is the scene from the trailer, isn't it? Yeah. But, but again, I think the Eddie stood other people yeah. out of it. But yeah, like it looks great when, when she drops in in the suit and uh she has a little arm wrestle with uh, with Umbaku. Umbaku there trying to trying to be the voice of reason as well. Like he is the last person you would expect to be saying, like, let's calm down, take a step back, and think about what effect this is gonna have. If we if we kill Namor what is that going to do? And then I think this were one. This is a line that stood with me. If she goes to him and she goes like, I'm going to kill him and you're going to help me. It's like, she's not asking. She's yeah. not recommend. She is telling him. And she, yeah, she, I'm going to do this and you've got no choice. You are helping me. And she is, uh, you know, princess assumed to soon be queen. She, she outranks him. So he says, yeah, like he he will you know, he he will give his opinion and he will let her know that he disagrees, but he's going to do what he's told by his royal family. Yeah, um, and then we get the classic Marvel last half an hour twenty minutes CGI fights. Yeah, so some of it was it's better than the first Black Panther. Yeah, like so. so some of it was a bit messy, but um, yeah, some of it worked really well as well. One thing, one thing I did think was quite messy, and again, I don't know if it was dark. Do you know the start of the film when the mercenar- mercenaries invade the outreach centre? Yeah. That fight scene, I thought, was a bit messy. Like, you couldn't really see what was going on, kind of. It was all blurry and shaky, and I don't know if it was just because it was darker. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That was a messy bit, but I thought the ending fight scenes were a lot cleaner than the first Black Panther um, fat end fight. Um, but it's it's still obviously it's got that Marvel CGI ending sort of thing. It does. So they uh, they lure out the uh, the Atlanteans. They lure out Namor and his people using another. Well, I, I guess they, did they just repair the original um, vibranium detector? And put it in the water to lure them there. I think so. Yeah, the, reflecting Shuri's change of of values. I guess um, Wakanda goes from being from defending itself to being the aggressors. Yeah, they they lure Namor there. They've got a plan to kill him, and uh, yeah, Riri helps to trap him in a ship that's set up to to dehydrate him. I just think I think Riri's suit and little action scene was was sick. Yeah, it looked great. Um, we, we've already discussed it, haven't we? But the obvious yeah. the, the obvious influences from anime. Yeah, I, I thought look it looked brilliant in in live action. It looked kind of uh, like you said earlier, Power Ranger, didn't you? Yeah, um, and it it kind like of a looks sort of thing. Yeah, it looks like a teenager has designed it, thinking that would look cool. What's that giant robot that's like Japanese cartoon? Um, that's what it reminds me of. Like Voltron? No. 
I can't oh, think. Well. Um, but it looked a bit Voltron-esque. But um, yeah, when she traps him in the ship, I thought this were, but it were a bit brutal. It was, yeah, just drain him out. There. Um, and you know, you, you can't feel too sorry for him because he has been the aggressor up to now. Yeah. But yeah, she is taking a bit too much enjoyment in it. Um, Wakanda and and Talo Kana are all, you know, they're fighting on the boat, aren't they? And Nikki has been a badass with the rings again. I Nikia love them being a badass with the rings. Uh, Okoye comes in in her suit. So this is a bit that, I, you know, did get a bit messy, I thought. was just, You know, they're, they're all just fighting on the yeah. boat. And, uh, yeah, but, so the mo- more interesting part of this ending to me was um, the fight between Namor and Shuri. This was... So so the the, the plane crashes and like, Sh- Shuri, the, Shuri makes sure it crashes desert. in the desert. But just next to the water, not far from the water. Yeah, but the, this fight scene was really brutal. It was the fight scene in the desert was like it looked so just. Like, uh, did she cut off his feathers or did she just? Rip I think them she out? rips. I think she rips got them the, the hand, wings out she? of one of his feet. It's like Jesus Christ. And I'm assuming they'll grow back, but yeah, maybe she rips the wings out of one of his feet. And it's like he's he's pretty he's done for. But then, like this, it just looks, this made me gasp. Visceral, like so, some of the like the throwdowns, like uh, Namor slams uh, Shuri into the floor, and it just looks brutal. I and mean, then, like he's punching her in the face, and it's all all looks very. I don't know. You, you get a lot of fight scenes in these kind of films where it's just like, you know, a couple of punches, a couple of punches, and no one really it's seems more to like get a hurt. DC fight but scene. Every, every single hit that is landed in that fight from both of them looks painful and looks brutal. So, like you said, she rips the, the wings out of his feet, which I can only imagine would fucking sting, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. She, uh, she like slices. Does she slice the back of his legs and then she's his face? She, he's she, got that, yeah, she, that's she where gets, the scar comes from. She gets a, a, a cut in on his face, um, and then she digs her claws into his back as well. But then, as she's digging her claws into his back, that's when he jams the the spear through her and into the rock. Like I gasped, I was like, surely she's not going to die. Well, yeah, I because that was I thought a- she was dead in, in that moment. I thought she was dead and. And I, I wonder whether it would have been a better ending. No. Oh, but you know, it, it's not a Marvel ending, is it? But I, I did think for a minute that's how how this is going to end. Is they they kill each other, like they are both so consumed by revenge and anger, and you know, the, the whole final uh, final half hour of this film is basically saying not to let your anger get the best of you. Yeah, because she like obviously and, she she pulls she literally pulls herself off the spear. Yeah, but I, I was up until she did that. I thought you know she's she's gonna die there. He's gonna die crawling, trying to get back to the water, and that's like both the leaders of these nations are gonna kill each other, and maybe then that's gonna unite unite the two nations um, because they're gonna see that actually no good's gonna come of this. But yeah, maybe that's just not a Marvel ending. So uh, yeah, 
And then we get the scene that I spoke about earlier where we start seeing flashes of Wakandans and the Yucatan. Like one's burying the dead and then the other's burying the... And the scenes are mimicking each other. And it's it's there, just Shuri's realising we are the same. Yeah, is that when she's got the spear to his neck? Yeah. Is that when she, that happens? And yeah, he, she's... What, she, she causes a massive explosion first. Is it the, is it the ship that they were on? She um, explodes. She overloads yeah, she, it. Or... Yeah, she crosses her arms, doesn't she? And, like, the the jet yeah. engine at the back kind of burns all his back. And, yeah, his he's back looks in a... I think that's before he stabs her, though. No, no, that's after because then that's that's when he then lays on he's laid on the floor. She holds the spear to his neck, and she's basically she's got him, and she can kill him. And then and then the bargaining part of the stage five stages of grief come in. She's past anger, and she realizes with the same, and she's like yield, and it's I think it comes it comes back to the um, the fight between Mbaku and T'Challa in the first one, where he's like yield. Or die, but yield because your people need you, and I that I liked that kind of that link. Yeah, yeah, I'd not spotted that, but that's a, a good point. Um, she sees her mum, and her mum says, "Show him who yeah. you are." Which you know, I thought she could have been a, a little less vague because she could have gone okay and stabbed him in the neck. <laughs> do you, Do you know what it always like? She said it in the first one. And then she said it again. And do you know what it reminds me of every time? Do you know Rick and Morty where he's like, show us what you got? <laughs> Big heads. That's what it reminds me of. Um, he, he yields because he's, I think anyone would yield then, realistically. It's like, I yield or die. They're obviously, I don't know where the other ship came from. I don't know. You can probably just call one with a beads. Yeah. The beads do everything. And I think, do we then just cut to them flying back to Wakanda? Yeah, yeah. So any, it's all just wrapping up from that point, isn't yeah. it? She says bye to Riri. Um, we get Namor, is it Namor and Namora talking? Yeah, but did you um, notice the painting in the back? Yeah, what that about it? That he's painting. Um, I just liked, the again, the cultural link. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of Obviously, it's Namor, Namor fighting the Black Panther. That shot of him painting as well was uh, was in the trailer, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure they edited out the picture there to something different. I don't know. Um, one of the questions we were asking ourselves before this came out was, is Namor actually going to be the protagonist? Or Because obviously they were the, in the trailer there were the mercenaries and things, so we like, is that what it's going to be? And they've got to team up. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they've they've kind of made friends there's an uneasy alliance i feel by the end of the film um but at least they're not going to war i think that's the best that could be hoped out of this situation is that they're not going to go to war with each other uh and namor's not going to launch an attack on on the land namor is not happy about it but then namor kind of explains the surface is going to attack wakanda at some point and, and they'll they come to us. to us. Yeah. And yeah, so like I was saying earlier, there is there is the rumor that that's what's going to happen in the Thunderbolts is that Val is launching an attack on Wakanda. I was just um, going to ask what film would that be happening in, but I feel like Thunderbolts is a good one for that to be in. Yeah, which you know, it it 
after after seeing this scene specifically, it definitely feels like that's and where it's going. Here's a thought. If they do that in the Thunderbolts, it is a good way to introduce uh, the Young Avengers. Because uh, Thunderbolts start attacking Wakanda. Uh, Shuri needs Riri's help. I, f- I feel like it would be a good opportunity to link that. Potentially. Um, and speaking of Young Avengers, shall we uh, shall we discuss the mid-credits scene? The only credit scene. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, when it happens just... midway through the credits. <laughs> It's not an end credit scene because it doesn't take place at yeah, the end of the credits. Yeah, we thought there was going to be an end credit scene, but there wasn't. Yeah. But, right, tell me. Oh, no, you've already said which bit got you choked up. It was the, the bit where the, she lost the last person that knew her. Yeah, because, you know, having having lost people that I felt knew me better than better than pretty much anyone else, like that... It just, yeah, it just resonated with me the the idea that that her brother and her mum were the people who, you know, a lot of people know her, but there's a difference between knowing someone and getting who someone is, isn't there? And the the idea that she's just lost the last person that really understands her on on more than just a surface, superficial level. Yeah, it just, yeah, it it. It was upsetting. The end credit scene is what got me, and there were three points to it. There was one point where I started going, "Oh my god," and then there was another. I start like the first point. I started choking up, and then I started tearing up, and then I was just gone. I mean, the end credit scene, I I felt was more sweet than anything else. That's why I was crying because it was like it was too too sweet to handle. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So obviously, we get. Um, Shuri going to Haiti um, meets meets Nakia um, and then she starts to do the burning of the dress and we see flashbacks of T'Challa and her and that's where I started choking up because I was like it's so like heartwarming and then Nakia ap- appears to be a kid and you're like no no yeah, yeah. as soon as the as soon as the kid appears you knew you, you know uh, you know that it's going to be uh, T'Challa's son and then Nakia's explaining about how T'Challa had made them go away um, and all of this and explained why she'd left. And I was like, I started tearing up at this point. And then the bit that got me was the... Because he said, that's my... That's my Haitian name. Yeah. Um, and she says, in Wakandan, she says, who are you? And then he's just like, I am Prince... T'Challa, son of King T'Challa, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I were gone. I'm like, yeah. no. It it was a it was a really beautiful uh, it, tribute it, to it was to the T'Challa who are you? and to Chadwick. Yeah, like it was just, I f- it just it summed it up perfectly that scene. Yeah, I think it just wrapped it up so nicely. Um, Although it does seem a bit young maybe to be in the Young Avengers that's I've, I wondered what you were on about with Young Avengers and I realised you meant him and I'm like mm, yeah but but, but you know it, it, Marvel's you know not not shy about recasting characters when they need to and there could well be some time dilation manipulation yeah. on the horizon with Kang um, but yeah, I would be surprised if it it might not be the same actor again, but I would be surprised if we don't see uh, T'Challa Jr. in a Black Panther suit at some point. Yeah, I'd like to see that. 
But no, it was just, I think it summed up the movie perfectly, that scene. And it, yeah. it went through that acceptance, Shuri's acceptance of her grief. Yeah. And like, you kind of, I think as it was going through, like when she's crying, you see the release from her. Yeah. It, it takes it back to, um, to her mum trying to get her to, to burn T'Challa's funeral uh, garb with, with her on the beach. Um she wore the same funeral garb for both, so she and was like, she never, yeah, she never, she she doesn't deal with with T'Challa's death at that time. So this uh, this ceremony on the beach is a dual purpose. I thought it it was both to say goodbye to her mum and to say goodbye to her brother. Yeah. So her mum in in the the initial beach scene, her mum said about how you know she sat and she listened and she. She she heard the wind and felt uh, T'Challa's presence, and then in this scene you see her. She she sat there. She's tears in her eyes, and all you can hear is the sound of the wind. Yeah, and then the flashbacks to her and T'Challa. And then, yeah, and that was really beautiful. I kind I half expected because didn't her mum say that she felt his hand on you, her shoulder? You expected to feel see like a hand. I expected a hand. You know, obviously they can't use Chadwick Boseman anymore, so I expected it to be a a hand in the Black Panther suit. Not see the full Black Panther, but just see yeah. the, the hand with the black suit on her shoulder. Like her mum's hand on one shoulder, and then the Black Panther hand on the other shoulder. That would have been a nice touch, actually. I think that would keep it as it is, but just with that would have... Would have yeah, would have but been I, a really I can nice understand. Touch. I can understand why they didn't want to have anybody else playing T'Challa, even yeah. if it's only his hand. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, so I can see why they didn't, but it's like, is... right, it's like writing off a, fo- uh, a football jersey, isn't it? That's yeah. That's, that's where I thought it was going. But no, overall this, I, I think it was an incredible movie. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. It's up there. It's definitely, it's definitely up there with Spider-Man No Way Home for the best of phase four. I can't decide which one I liked more. But both for very different reasons. Yeah, like you've, a, you've you got know, the nostalgia in Spider-Man, then. And Spider-Man was much more of a typical superhero film. Yeah, like for the majority of this film, there is not a Black Panther. Yeah, there is not a superhero that it's following. So yeah, they both have very different vibes. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean, dare I say, Marvel back on track? Yeah, because Phase Four for the most part has i i don't think it's been bad some people say you know it's it's nothing's been good since endgame i don't think phase four has been bad i like black widow i like eternals not as much as a lot of the other stuff i like shang chi i think that's great shang chi um, is probably one of my one of my favorite marvel movies I, I i don't think phase four has been as good as phase one phase two or phase three um I, but i think when people compare it to endgame and infinity war i think i just want to tell them to shut up <laughs> i mean they I'm, were on another level wait but, for uh wait for kang dynasty and Secret exactly Wars. exactly that was the infinity stone saga and it was the ending of the saga it was going to be big. It was going to be the best films that they'd done because it was wrapping everything they'd been working 10 years for. Um, and now we're in the multiverse saga. So Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Yeah. 
are going to be the two. They're going to be the Infinity War and Endgame of the multiverse saga. Yeah. Um, but I think, do you know what? And I think when I look at every every of the shows and the movies, the more cultural ones are the ones that I enjoy more. Miss Marvel, Shang-Chi, Black Panther. Yeah. I enjoy them more. Because yeah, because they, it's because it's it's something different that you don't see every day, and you you get to see different ideas of what these superheroes can be, even if it's all goes through a, a Disney lens. But I think they merge the culture with the story and the superheroes and everything so well. I think it is something they do really, really well. Yeah, which I think is why it's important that. If you're doing, uh, you're doing a film like this that's about a black superhero, then you need to have a black writer and a black director. It's why it's important that when you're doing Miss Marvel, it's important to have a Muslim director. They understand the culture in a way that other people, um, you know, they they can they can learn on some level, but haven't experienced it. And that's what they're doing right. They're choosing the right directors um, and writers and advisors for the culture. Like they had, they had a Mayan advisor, didn't they? Was it one of the writers or one of the producers? I don't know. Uh, but they had them on on the Wakanda Forever team, and you can see it. Do you know what I mean? Like with the even just subtle things. So like. When Nakia goes to that pond, you know, where she finds him in the cave. Yeah. And just a little arch. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to I hope they release on Disney Plus a making of for uh, for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, yeah, it'd be so really, I'd be really interested to, to see that. Um anyway, so that was 2022's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um we will be back very soon with a news update because obviously we've not we've not done news on this episode because we knew it was going to be a long episode anyway and we wanted to get straight to it. Uh so watch out for that. Uh thank you for listening. If you do want to get in touch with us, you can email us at notnpod at gmail.com or you can message us on Twitter at news of the nerd. Um also if you want to help us grow, if you could follow us on your podcast app of choice. If you could give us a rating, that would be brilliant. That would help other people find us. And most importantly, if you could just tell your friends about the podcast, that would really help other people discover us. And if you don't have friends, tell your mum. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, honestly, we want to hear what you thought of this movie because I think we both really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, please, uh, you know, tweet us. Tell us us what you agree with about tell, what we've tell said. Tell us where we were wrong. Te- yeah, tell us what you disagree with. I, I would be really interested to hear opposing points of view on this. Um, I I kind of wish our points of view were a bit more opposing so that we could have... Uh... I think they are sometimes, like when we had the, the She-Hulk episode, there are some points that we were opposing on, but I think we grew up together and we grew up watching things together. Yeah. So our views of, do tend to line up quite often. So it would be great to hear someone tell us we're wrong. Yeah. And then I'll just tell you to shut up, but (laughs) it'd be great. Anyway, thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.
Um, okay, let's take a short break now. Um, we will be back with our spoilerific thoughts on Black Panda Wakanda Forever after wait, this wait, little wait. jingle. Black Panda? What? Black Panda? I didn't say Black, Black Panda. You, you just said Black Panda. You definitely just said Black Panda. Everyone else in the film is dealing with dealing with the loss of Namor. Everyone else in the film is... Do you mean dealing with the loss of T'Challa? What did I say? Namor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what Which... I want in it, why is he not wearing vibra- Vibranian art? Oh. Why is he not wearing Vibranian... Why is he not wearing Vibranian... I can't say the word! <laughs>